Dennis Stewart. Now we're going to talk about a, uh, a herb that perhaps isn't quite as well known as the popular ones like chamomile and echinacea. The one you're thinking of is meadowsweet. Oh, Jadam, it's a, it's a delight to talk about meadowsweet, actually, because it's not well known, but yet it has incredibly useful therapeutic properties. We as herbalists revere it, but it's not well known. I want to make it well known today. Health naturally, Dennis Stewart, meadowsweet. Now, you better tell us about it. It's... I'd love to. I'd love to, Jane. Look, this is... Uh, how can you call it, a herb that is not that well known, as I said earlier, but yet in herbal medicine it forms one of the primary remedies that are used by Western-trained herbalists. It has three unique characteristics, each one of them being very, very important and being very obvious when one starts to use it or prescribe it. The interesting thing about meadowsweet is that as a simple herb, it has the ability to be able to benefit the gut wall, particularly the stomach. Uh, A lot of people that suffer reflux, uh, people that experience various levels of inflammatory uh, gut disease, could benefit by the regular ongoing use of a simple preparation of meadowsweet. If people think I'm going a bit over the top there, particularly at a time when there are so many flamboyant medications out there, um, some being a little bit questioned these days that purport to address reflux and inflammatory states, this is one that is very, very well documented. It's not something that is just, uh, how can you call it, folklore. Uh, this particular herb, meadowsweet, botanically known as Philippendula ulmeria, is well-defined in the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia of 1983, which I have kept saying for years on this program, is considered to be the Bible of modern Western herbal medicine. And in that text, it is very, very strongly put forward as as a gut herb with the ability to subdue gastritis, other inflammatory conditions of the gut, and particularly what we used to call heartburn, which these days is more referred to as reflux. Now, there are drugs that are used to treat reflux, very popular medications. Many listeners would know of them. They're colloquially known as what are, uh, as PPIs, uh, proton pump inhibitors. Now, they have their role, but uh, my pharmacy colleagues tell me that there are emerging concerns about the long-term use of this medication. Whether that's so or not, uh, being a fan of using softer medications wherever possible, I always recommend to patients that present to see me that they try they try a sustained course of simple meadowsweet tea as a means of addressing initially the symptoms of reflux, of hypersidity, of irritation of the gut wall. And in very, very many cases, there are pleasant outcomes. It is one of these herbs that in fact can be used prophylactically uh, and preventatively. Say a person has had a peptic ulcer which has been resolved Uh, through modern medical uh, treatment, Uh, a useful thing to do, in my opinion, would be to see the ongoing use of this herb as a prophylactic or preventative device to maintain the health of the gut wall and lessen some of the things that may uh, have triggered, uh, quite apart from the bacterial factors, may have triggered the gut wall to become inflamed and even ulcerated. So that's one of its quite remarkable uses. And for people out there, of that experience, a heartburn or reflux, 
and are reluctant to go down the pathway of using stronger medication, this is something that is very safe. It should be tried. It's very economical. It can be purchased in good health food stores, very, very uh, economically indeed, and it can be simply converted into a herbal tea taken, say, about three times daily. If one is going to use it, one should use it uh, over a period of time to assess its benefits. But usually the benefits are fairly prompt in addressing these upper gut symptoms. Now, that is one of its main roles. It's probably its most important role. Uh, But it has some significant benefits also. Paradoxically, it is used as uh, one of a number of herbs to address the milder levels of rheumatoid conditions. It has a chemistry in it and as we were saying before the program, this is the herb from which initially the uh, salicylic glycosides were extracted, which formed the basis of modern um, rheumatic medicines. Aspirin, for instance, um, is based to a large extent on the chemistry found in this herb and also, of course, in willow bark. So this has a role to play also for the more moderate levels of rheumatoid and uh, other inflammatory joint conditions as a palliative or as a mild anti-inflammatory agent. Again, very, very, very safe and again, very economical, something that's not likely to clash with other medications. And I recommend it very, very strongly uh, to clients who are looking for alternatives in the plant world for some of the stronger medication that is used to address uh, the pain of uh, arthritis and rheumatic conditions. We speak on this program, Jane, very frequently about herbs that can be used, herbs that are uh, these days being accessed to address the symptoms of rheumatism and arthritis. And we talk about things like curcumin. Uh, we, we talk about things like boswellia, talk about willow bark. We don't frequently talk about meadowsweet. But again, I put it out there to listeners who are intent on doing something Uh, particularly for the milder levels, this is one herb that has the ability to address this particular situation, see it as being an arthritic and rheumatic condition, uh, treater if you like, or herb that's used to treat it, and, and access it, give it a go. Now the third thing, and this is where I use it frequently, the third thing is it is a useful agent to address uh, chronic, chronic levels of cystitis its passage through the urinary system sees it uh, soothing, particularly the uh, milder levels of cystitis, particularly as a preventative agent. Uh, Many people, uh, men, but particularly women, suffer seriously uh, from episodes of cystitis and are regularly treated with antibiotics, useful as that might be. It's not an ideal situation, but meadowsweet tea, Meadowsweet tea walks out of my practice because uh, patient, patients use it. It's pleasant to take. It's a pleasant tasting herbal tea. And listeners will say, oh, yes, I've heard that before from Dennis. Herbs don't taste nice at all. Well, this one it doesn't taste too bad at all. And it would be referred to in, in European terminology as an irrigation remedy for the urinary tract. And so it's used as a gentle uh, sweet remedy to soothe some of the milder levels of cystitis and to also function as a preventative agent. So look at those three characteristics about this herb and you'll understand why uh, it was famous in our tradition 
and in fact was made famous, made famous by a very, very um, interesting English herbalist known as Frank Roberts, uh, whose literature I have read and studied for the bulk of my career, who wrote a number of works, particularly on the gastrointestinal tract, and is revered amongst Western-trained herbalists. Our tradition is very strongly based on English herbalists, and my knowledge and reading and practice is very much based on that system and the greats of that tradition. Meadowsweet was made famous, <clears throat> in fact, by Frank Roberts in his book entitled A Modern Herbal Treatment for Digestive Disorders. I mention that for some of the listeners who may well be naturopaths or herbalists or pharmacists. Get hold of Roberts' works, particularly on the gastrointestinal tract, and read him on Meadowsweet. He referred to it beautifully as the herb that balances the chemistry of the stomach, and he saw it being used for overactive states, hypersidity conditions, as well as subdued digestive activity in the stomach. Reed Roberts, a remarkable English herbalist. Meadow sweet, mm. sweet mm. by name, sweet by nature, it, it is sounds. It is indeed, it is indeed. And this is Health Naturally on 2NURFM. We're taking your calls, Diana has rung in from Katara. Now, Diana, you've got a question about meadowsweet and also chamomile as maybe a treatment for sleep apnea. Is that right? Hello? Oh. I think we haven't got uh, Diana at all. Diana, I do hope you will ring back, or maybe Dennis. Um, can you? I'm, I'm not sure whether Di- I'm not sure whether Diana here is wanting to give testimony to her use of meadowsweet and chamomile for sleep apnea. I would be interested to hear the comments of Diana because these are, that's an unusual condition um, to be responsive to meadowsweet and chamomile, uh, when this uh, came up on the board, I was immediately thinking about what these two herbs might be able to do for this problem. It it may have a lot to do perhaps with the way in which chamomile uh, functions as a relaxant, uh, which induces or helps uh, sleeping, and uh, and meadowsweet may have some uh, ability in the upper part of the gut to relax perhaps uh, the airways i'm not sure i'd be interested to hear what diana said but well just just let yeah, us see yeah, if we've got yeah. diana is that you on the line now no this is vivian okay stand by vivian <laughs> we'll get to you a little later okay yes well we haven't got diana here at the moment no i'd be interested for diana to come online to uh, see uh, what she can tell us about using meadowsweet and chamomile for sleep apnea if she is using it that way it would be interesting Definitely would. Now, uh, we are going to go to Deb at the moment, who's rung in from Waratah. Deb, you've got a question about gut bacteria, yes? Hello, Deb. Hello. Hello. We don't have Deb on the line. Okay. Well, uh, you've, got, you've got Diane on the line. Oh, Di- <laughs> Diane, and your question is about sleep apnea, is that right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we get to you at last. So, Dennis, there you go. Tell us, tell us your interest in meadowsweet and chamomile for sleep apnea, Diana. Well, I my interest is I have been drinking chamomile tea since yes. I was fifteen, about fifty years. Yes, right. 
every night a cup of chamomile before I go to bed. Yes. I have been diagnosed with obstructive sleep apnea okay. recently, and I was really very unwell before it was diagnosed. Yes. Um, it was knocking me around terribly. Um, I'm finding the treatment in a couple of days has started to work. Is the chamomile, um, is, could, could the amount of chamomile I've had be affecting that? Chamomile is a fairly innocuous herb. Uh, yep. You were only using it once a day, were you, to, to help yes. sleep? Look, yes. I, I could, I have, it would be difficult for me to see any repercussion from chamomile um, okay. adversely. Um, I would think that there might be some, some virtue in that because chamomile tends to be relaxant. Um, yes. ad- admittedly, most of my interest on chamomile has been on its relationship to gastrointestinal conditions, inflammatory states, etc. But there is a history. Oh. There is a history of it being used to uh, use as a relaxant uh, to address insomnia. Yeah. So uh-huh. I I couldn't see any adversity coming from chamomile. Okay, I've always thought I've slept particularly well, and now I've realised why. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I and so, okay. meadow sweet too. I take a um, a gut tablet every yes. day. Oh, good girl. Yep. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm in... no, not good, not good. <laughs> okay. But I... um, I take mm. that because of uh, my need to take um arthritic medication yes, yes. that affects my stomach. Yes. So, would meadow sweet help with that? Oh, look, and I, eventually, I I think that meadow sweet would. Uh, be a useful herb to take uh, for any uh, gut condition that is characterised by irritability. But also what I would suggest there is that if the medication you are taking is precipitating um, gut symptoms, uh, the herb slippery elm might be useful also to take in conjunction with meadowsweet. Both of them work quite differently. Slippery elm puts a protective barrier on the gut wall where meadowsweet tends to be uh, an alkalising agent, lessening uh, irritability and acidity. Okay, okay. So how often would I drink meadowsweet tea? Meadowsweet uh, tea is a very pleasant tea. Many many of my uh, patients and clients who use it, um, uh, three times a day would be a fairly common taking of the tea because it is a pleasant tea. It is not bitter. It is a pleasant Herbal tea and the, the the name meadow sweet connotes something about it, its its sweet taste. Ah, I see. Yes, okay then. I, and my grandmother used um, she used to use slippery elm yes. bath powder on yes. mouth ulcers. That's correct. Um, again, yeah, very good for mouth ulcers. Again, again here you would see that the slippery elm would uh, put up a protective or transitory, but nevertheless a protective barrier on the on the uh, tissue that was inflamed uh, protecting it from irritability and giving the tissue a chance to uh, to restore itself slippery elm is one of these uh, herbs that has never lost uh, its reputation and even at the lay level there are generations of people that have used it for almost any condition where there is inflammation or ulceration anywhere in the gastrointestinal tract including including the mouth Ah, so would it, is that available in a capsule? Yes, it is. Because it was pretty nasty when she used to 
Well, look, I'm a bit of a defender of, of using the slippery old powder because um, the, the, when you use the powder, you get uh, an instant benefit on the esophagus, even before yes. even before the, the herb reaches the stomach, you have some benefit on e, on any esophagitis. Whereas once you take the, the capsule, it's got to get to the gut to be broken up, if you like. I'm talking crudely. Uh, so, in my opinion, useful as the capsule is, I don't dispute that. There is some benefit, arguably, to use it in the crude form. Perhaps using it with a little bit of malt. And in say a milk condition, a milk uh, drink. Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Or sprinkled on your breakfast. Well, why not? Health naturally. And Dennis Stewart, Vivian has rung in from Hawks Nest. Hello, Vivian. Now you've got a comment or a question about Meadow Sweet. Yes. My my question was, um, I'm taking well. I'm taking medication for rheumatoid and for reflux. Yes. Can you use can you use the meadow sweet in conjunction with that? Okay. In my in my opinion, you could. It would be difficult for me to see any uh, serious interaction between the use of meadow sweet, particularly as, as a herbal tea, and the medications you're taking. I think, okay. in my opinion, it would be very useful complementary medicine that may, in fact, lead to uh, a reduction in dosage of the medication you might be taking that's been prescribed. It would be something that I would have very little reservation uh, in using if um, I was on the medication you're talking about. Okay, and is the Meadow Sweet Tea readily available at most health food shops? Okay, look, what I would say is this, that in Newcastle we have what I would consider to be some of the uh, best health food stores in Australia, I would be surprised if you were not, were not able to get uh, packets of meadow sweet tea from some of our good health food stores. If you do have any problems, you can always contact us here at the station or my rooms and we will arrange it for you. Okay. Yeah, thank you very much. And thank, thank you for your call, Vivian. We're going to move now to Marion, who's rung in from Karua. And you've got a question about meadow sweet and a certain intolerance, Marion. Yes, that's right. Hello, Marion. You're concerned Hello. about uh, solicitor intolerance, are you? Yes. When you started talking mm. about it, I was listening here and I'm thinking, well, this is the answer for me because I yeah. get reflux and yes. I have... I'm yes. older, I'm 70, and I yes. get joint pain and yes. all the rest. Yes. But I'm intolerant to salicylate, and yes. I get asthma from aspirin. Yes. Um, so when I looked it up, it did say that could be a problem, and I wondered what you had to say. Hey, look, there is a considerable debate um, on this because um, meadowsweet has multiple uh, chemical constituents, and there is, a, there is an argument that says the salicylate content in it is buffered, if you like, by some of the other constituents, and this uh, allows it to be used safely for both reflux and for some levels of joint disease. Um, uh, there are many, many people who would be using Meadow Sweet uh, to address um, various conditions who may be uh, solicitant intolerance, but yet I've never known and I say this honestly, I've never known anyone who has been using Meadowsweet to have any repercussions uh, as a result of their purported 
salicylate intolerance. Um, oh, well, that's good to know. The the thing the thing about it, however, is if you are at all uh, concerned, um, you might be wise to to veer away from it. Although I have a pamphlet that I've written on um, on the meadow sweet and willow bark, both of which have similar characteristics, and uh, I will look at that when I get back to my rooms. I will uh, talk to our producer here and get. Uh, your telephone number and get my staff to ring you um, to see what I've written about Meadowsweet and this solicitor problem. But I I have never uh, seen it a problem, but I'm not encouraging people that do have solicitor intolerance uh, to use it if they are concerned. No, well, that's fair enough. I guess at the end of the day, it's up to me. Um, So... I would be interested to see what you did write. I will. Look, so, because if, I, I'm interested in sure, the Sure, sure. Uh, what I will do, I will um, talk to Sal, who's on the desk here, who would have your number, and uh, as soon as I get back to my rooms, I will look at what I have written and I will give you a ring within the hour. Thank you for your call, Marion. It's obviously a very good question. Um, We're moving now to Deb, who has been in and out, I think, as far as reception goes. So, um, hello. (laughs) We've finally got to you. Thank you. And uh, would you like to put your question to Dennis? Gut bacteria, isn't it? Yes. um, Hi, Dennis. How are you? Hello, Deb. I'm very well. Thank you. Yes, um, I've got some wonderful information just listening then from other people that have spoken to you. Yes. Um, I had a terrible case of Helibacter pylori yes. um, about seven years ago. It was yes. quite a chronic mm. um, I did get, mm, hence dear, dear. ulcers, etc. Yes. Um, um, after that, I've um, developed Crohn's yes. um, disease and I've had my thyroid out, so yes. it's quite a complex health yes. issue yes. that I have. Yes. But um, my question was, with the the um, meadow sweet tea, because yes. I'm on quite a lot of um, medicines that aren't fantastic, but unfortunately they're they're appropriate for me at the I moment. Know, I, know, I know the ones you would be on, Deb. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. and put high prednisone on top yes. of that as well. Yes, so, yes, yes. Um, all that medication I am on would the meadow sweet be beneficial to me in small doses, or would I, well, again, here it's one. I consider it to be one of the most innocuous of herbs that we use, and it is popularly used as a tea, quite apart from its therapeutic potential. Um, I could not see, um, and I, you, I haven't got your total uh, drug picture in front of me, but I could not <laughs> see how um, meadow sweet would interfere uh, yeah. with anything that you're having. Um, done to you by way of a pharmaceutical medication. Yeah. It's, it's gentle. It has no harsh chemistry in it. Its chemistry is very complex. Uh, so there's no one single principle that is asserting the activity of it. It's pleasant to take. Um, it would have no repercussions with, with prednisone, the steroid. I would, right. I would be surprised if that were the case. Yeah. You are probably on thyroxine, are you? I am on okay. Two lots of thyroxine, yeah, also yeah. on a drug called um, captopurine, yes, and, yes. and uh, um, I'm also arthritis, yes. quite bad arthritis. Okay. I, have a, I have a disease called mixed connective tissue yes, disease. Yes. So, um, 
quite complex, but in saying that, I try to maintain a factor of health products, Good vitamin C, calcium, and yes. um, astragalus, etc. But yeah, the meadow sweet just got my ears yes. when you well, were look, talking it about is, it. Is a lovely herb. I would be very, very surprised if there was any potential in it to interact. Obviously, there is always uh, when you are taking anything, food included. There is always the possibility of what we call idiosyncratic reactions, but yes. in this case, that would surprise me. What uh, what I would do again, and I don't frequently do this, and I don't want it to become a habit. But I mentioned to a previous listener that I would look at her question when I got back to my rooms. Um, I will take your telephone number from the desk. I'll have a look at um, this and, and and contact you and talk oh, to you, you talk to you more. Uh, Thank you. personally Thank you. Uh, to see if we can uh, if there is anything that would completely clarify the issue but at this stage I'm saying I think it would be a very very useful herb Thank you very much for that Dennis okay. and yes um, um, I love your show and thank you. you're a very wise man and give great advice so thank, thank you. you so much thank for your you. time Pleasure Dennis Stewart with Health Naturally on 2NURFM and Regina has rung in from Hamilton South. Now, another question about Meadowsweet, Regina, and you're wondering about whether it'll help with burping. Yes. Hi, Ben. How are you? I'm very well, Regina. Is this a, a chronic problem or is it just a, a, when you eat some certain foods? Um, I'm not quite sure. I had it for years. I've been taking some, I won't mention any, um, name of all the other stuff yeah. that I talk, but yeah. they don't seem to help. But I've got two questions. I've been listening to you, and I like the idea of the meadow sweet. Yes, but yes. my first question was um, I'm type 2 diabetic, yes. and by the sound of it, does it got sugar in it? No, look, meadow, meadow sweet, uh, again, uh, from my experience and, and in my opinion, I could not see any possibility of Meadowsweet with its unique chemistry having any potential to interact with a type 2 condition by virtue of containing sugar. As far as I'm aware, it contains no um, sugar molecules, as far as I'm aware. Uh, I would see it being very safe. I I would have no hesitation in my practice of uh, recommending a person to use it if they were a, a type 2 diabetic. Okay, and uh, that sounds good. Any other question was, um, I like the idea of tea because I don't drink coffee. Yes, I drink yes, tea. Yes, it's normal tea. Yes, yes. So where do I get a hold of it? Okay, I said to a previous listener, um, Meadow Sweet should be readily available from our good health food stores in, in simple packets. Taking it as a, as a tea or what we call technically an infusion in my opinion, is probably the best way to harness the properties of meadowsweet. The constituents uh, give themselves up uh, to water. Uh, the herb is, is very well extracted in a water base, a hot water base, that is. So um, I would be suggesting that you uh, visit your health food store um, or pharmacies that, uh, that stock herbs in multiple forms, um, go to them and get a packet of it and use roughly a teaspoonful of the dried herb okay. and infuse it with in, in, a, in, say, a coffee cup with boiling water. 
boiling okay. water and let the water, obviously, uh, let it infuse until the water cools to the point where you can drink it. But as a general principle, when you are working with with dried herbs and you're converting them into a, a tea to, to drink, it's always wise, always very wise to use boiling water because that has a sterilizing effect on the mm-hmm. herb in case uh, there are any carryover of, of, of uh, mites or other things that the, the dried herbs frequently bring with them. So by using the, uh, mind you, I've never known anyone to have any serious problems with that, but it's a good principle. Sterilise the herb by using boiling water, let it cool, then strain off the liquid and, and, mm-hmm. and use that. And would that be one teaspoon per... About a teaspoon per, per cup. Of a per cup, cup. Right. That's great, mm. yeah. Very and simple, very simple. Is there um amount, that uh, maximum that you can take a day, like... The, the it's it's a, it's one of these broadly based herbs. It's oh. like chamomile. Um, you, you obvi- with with anything, you can obviously go over the top. Uh, mm-hmm. What I would be suggesting is like a chamomile tea, say two to three cups a day, on mm-hmm. the basis of uh, of a heap teaspoonful, say five grams of the herb, to mm-hmm. a, a cup of boiling water. Let it infuse, cool, strain it, a couple of cups a day. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much. Okay, it's my pleasure. And thank you. thank you for your call, Regina. And we've got a change of topic now, indeed. Dennis. We and we're going to talk about restless leg syndrome. Debbie's rung in from Metford. Hello, Debbie. Hello. Hello, Debbie. You have a little problem with your leg, do you? Uh, it's not little. <laughs> it's serious restless leg okay. syndrome. Okay. And literally don't sleep every night. Okay. What have I you... am on medication. Okay, what medication are you using, uh, Debbie? Cifrol. Uh, so that so your doc, your doctor's prescribed that for you. Yes. For this condition. Yes. Does it help? Sometimes. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm at the stage. It did help in the beginning. Yes. Um, but I'm at the stage where it's, mm, let's say, it doesn't help every night. Okay. I. Uh, have you used any? Have you used any natural medication? No, I haven't. That's why I'm ringing. Okay. Have you used any magnesium? Yes, that doesn't work. Okay. Uh, there is a herb that is sometimes available. You might have to see a compounding pharmacist. There is a herb called cramp bark. Now, cramp bark, right. cramp bark made its reputation, admittedly, for dealing with uh, nocturnal cramps which is a little bit different from restless uh, leg syndrome. But... Um, I've had that as well. Okay. I'm on medication for that as well. Okay. Well, cramp bark, botanically known as viburnum opulus, would be one herb that would come into my mind that would be useful for looking at this. If you are fluent mm-hmm. uh, with the internet, you should be able yes. to look at uh, cramp bark uh, in the context of restless leg and nocturnal cramps. There may be some joy there. Okay. There's not a lot of joy with it. I, I'm, <laughs> now, look, I'm, I'm going to say something that sounds very folkish and very mm-hmm. left field. A lot of the stuff that I'm reading recently on the medical interest in high doses of honey suggest, suggest that a tablespoonful of honey 
prior to going to bed has some benefit in these sorts of weird uh, muscular type conditions. Try a bit of pure honey that hasn't been heated, got from the markets or somewhere like that. Not going to hurt you. Try a tablespoonful of that in conjunction with what you're doing. Excellent and all the very best. And uh, Alta has rung in and this will be our last call for today from Argentin. And Alta, if you were listening to to that, uh, to Dennis talking about restless leg syndrome, does that answer your question? It answers a, lo- uh, a bit of it. Look, the lady I'm talking about is my best friend and she's been on Cifril for many, many yes, years. Yes. It's at the point now where it just doesn't work. Okay. Now, the doctor wants her to try magnesium on its own. Yes. But she's already had an experiment with magnesium on its own and it's doing no good. So I'm trying to help her by finding anything else I can use along with the magnesium that might just kill the cramps. She ends up in tears nine oh, times yeah. out of ten. Okay. With, because with, it hurts with, so bad. With magnesium... Um, dosage is pretty crucial. Um, okay. If if she's not taking a significantly higher dose, she may not be getting the benefits of it. Um, okay. You need she needs to discuss the dosage with her GP, and and, yep. and work towards the higher level. I haven't got the dose range in front of me, but there is a significant dose range. Um, I think, don't hold me to this, it needs to be discussed with the GP, but I think around about 200 to 400 milligrams of magnesium is what is used, but I don't want you to hold me to that, but it needs to be used as an indicator that dosage, in my experience, is important as much as the selection of the substance. And uh, all the very best for your friend with that too, Alta. Thanks for your call. That brings us to the end of Health Naturally for today. Dennis Stewart, we've had some great calls and it's we a great herb meadow suite. Well, I've got a few tasks when I get back you to my rooms. You indeed. Good to see you <laughs> back next Friday after the midday news on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.